Geek Shock. Geek Shock. And superheroes come to feast to taste the flesh not yet to see. What you got there, Matt? Huh? What you got? I'm just reading uh, the Imperial Guard Codex, not the Astra Militarum. The Imperial Guard. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with the Imperial Guard? No, no. How they renamed them the Astra Militarum. I think, you know the Imperial Guard. They've got that whole ancient Roman terminology thing going on. It's probably a licensing thing. They wanted to license this. Astra Militarum? Yes. And the Imperial Guard is probably someone else's or something. Looks well, like a bison on the cover. There's a movie called Star Wars. Well, it also... <laughs> Was, was there an Imperial Guard in Star yes, Wars? Yes, there are Imperial Guards in Star Wars. No, I remember the Emperor's Guardsmen, but oh, I don't yes. remember an Imperial That's Guard. Oh, yes, that's right. There's no or Imperial Guards. Or the guys guards. in red. Emperor's Guardsmen. The Emperor's Guardsmen. Or the Crimson Guard, is they're called? Yes, the Crimson yeah. Guard. Oh, he's go- he doesn't trust it. Um, he's I going to the internet. Well, there's also the, the internet. I'm sorry. Imperial Guard is too generic. You can't. That's like that's like Marvel and DC trying to copyright Nazi. It just sounds better <laughs> than Astra they, Militarum. They did match copyright superhero. That, who, who? Sorry, Marvel and DC joined the own, uh, joined, uh, own the uh, joint copyright on, on the word superhero. Copyright? Really? That's or they trademark? own that? Yes, they do. So no one huh. else can use the word superhero. Put it in no. our next title, Todd. Yeah. Yep. The name of this episode is superhero, superhero, superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and call it crawling across the planet's face. Some hero. Some what is it? Some insects called the human race. Well, lost in time. Colonel Iron Hand Strachan. Lost in Katachan's space. man of adamantium. And Colonel. Meaning. Who, who holds the copyright on Colonel? Huh? Uh, hmm? That's true. You can't but use Colonel. The Emperor's Royal Guard, Colonel. also known as the Imperial Royal Colonel Guard. Colonel with the Imperial Guard. All right, you're or both talking. Guard. This is can't, oh, can't happen. Also known as the Imperial Guard. I am right. I am right. You're not. Also known as Anne Rand. It's right what? Here. It's right here on the Star Wars Utter page. And complete. Knocked your drink over too. Hey, hey, Todd. Look at this guy's name, Lord Castellan Creed. Now that's wait a, a name. minute. Doesn't George R. R. Martin have Lord copyrighted? And what doesn't uh, Sylvester Stallone have Creed copyrighted? I'm looking at this guy right here. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shack number 491. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked in. I probably should copyright that. <laughs> Force Commander Matt. And we're to talk week and geek. Oh boy, gentlemen! You know what? I completely screwed the pooch last week. Didn't mention the book club because the book club has selected a new book. Discussions have opened, but it's a it's a long book, so no one's begun them yet. I'm like fifteen percent. So, through so it. let all the people that weren't following, you know, start late and try and read the book. Right. Book. Okay. But so the uh, so the book that was chosen for the book club is Black Prism by Brent Weeks. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start doing the descriptions on the show to say what the book is instead of just giving you a title and saying run with it. Okay. So this is the description. Guile is the prism. He is high priest and emperor, a man whose power, wit, and charm. I saw you look at me, Matt, with that emperor word. <laughs> whose power. George Lucas, trademarked emperor. <laughs> I mean, right? Right, Andy? He's the emperor. So so that's, that's copyrighted. That can't be used. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, there's, no. there's a couple Roman guys that want to. <laughs> he is high priest and emperor, trademark George Lucas, oh, a man yeah. whose power, wit, and charm are all that preserves a tenuous peace. Yet prisms never last, and Guile knows exactly how long he has left to live. When Guile discovers he has a son born in a far kingdom after the war that put him in power, 
He must decide how much he's willing to pay to protect a secret that could tear his world apart. Brent Weeks, Black Prism, is this week's. Every sorry, time this you month's. say Guile, all I can think is Sonic Boom. Of course. Of course. Although not a small book. I will say this for the club. They do not pick goddamn small books anymore. This this is like nearly 700 pages long. Hey, hey, I've selected small books. You guys eventually went with it, and then you all didn't like it, but still. <laughs> mm. But sour, you're not these bitter grapes, at all, right? Those grapes must be sour anyway. Ah. But what, last uh, month we did... Two books, but one of them was American Gods, which is over 600 pages long. Of course. And uh, thankfully, the other choice was uh, Cyclops Road, which, again, I highly recommend Jeff Strand because it's a novella, so it's about 100 and some pages. I I think it's 200 pages. I highly recommend it, too. Yes, because we cast you in it. Yes. Yes. Goodbye, Cyclops Road. Oh, I just read something. Andy's. You just read something. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. Forward for Terra. In the next couple sentences, the Astra Militarum, more commonly known as the Imperial Guard. So there it is. Oh, fuck. Right there. Andy is going to draw up a cease and desist. That's right. (laughs) I'm now George Lucas's lawyer. I guess I'm Disney's lawyer now. Yes. One of thousands, sir. One of thousands. Yeah, really. That's that's a whole lot of lawsuiting. You have have so many lawyers, they don't even need to get actual real lawyers. They can just like deputize common people to be lawyers now. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I'm going to kick this one off. Okay. What? Because I discovered another board game cafe here in Las Vegas oh, for yeah. you shock monkeys that live in Vegas, right across from UNLV on Maryland Parkway, a place called Dice, Dice and, and Beans. Beans. That's right. Mm. Where is it? I know you said right across from UNLV. <laughs> <laughs> Narrow it down did, for me. Did you mention who was producing on it? Maryland Parkway. <laughs> Yeah. It's in the same plaza that uh, Stefano's Greek is. Thank you. It's Jeff. literally right next That's door to Stefano's Greek. That's what I need. Thank you. It's uh, <laughs> funny. I told, and he's going up and down Maryland Parkway. Told Torgo about that months ago, and he <laughs> forgot about it completely. But I finally found my way in there, and it's a great place run by a bunch of great people. It's uh, like one of those. Yeah, it's nice. Pay, pay five bucks, play their games all day, and they got a nice selection. And so, beans. And beans coffee. is coffee. Oh, coffee. Yeah. Well, they also sell hot and iced tea as well. So. Uh, can I get some Bush's beans? Right I was going to say, I'd have been in there. Can, can I have the chili, extra meaty? It's, it's just like Blazing Saddles all day long. Yeah, really. <laughs> God damn, you boys just got us. Yeah, well, uh, dude, it's a gaming room. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. There's, the, yeah, there's, there's no already going to be a smell in there. Yeah. There's beans no beans required. required. That, that smell. Yeah. Blazing BYOB. Bring your own beans. So if you live on the west side, it's Meepleville for you. On the east side, you now have Dyson Beans. East side, represent, yo. Also went to Days of the Dead. That's the uh, horror convention that happened here I this last that. How weekend. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a small little convention, as expected, but beautifully focused. Uh, everybody there was cool. It was the first time my wife got to experience a... Nerd con of any sort. She's oh, never been shit. to any kind of Comic Con or anything. Is she still like with that. you? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> she fell in love with it immediately. Yeah, oh, that's good. So, so there was a wonder, wonderful moment. One of her favorite movies of all time is Cry Baby, John Waters' film starring Johnny Depp. Yeah. And so we came across an artist that made some uh, uh, tattooed ladies of 
various characters, and one of them was a character from Crybaby. She's like, oh, I love this movie. I love this character. Uh, she's played by uh, this person. Uh, the, I can't remember her name. She used to be a porn star. And then I said, her name wouldn't happen to be Tracy Lords, would it? Yes. And she's like, yes, that's it. And then I got to say the two words. She never thought she'd hear that moment, but there she, she needed to. Oh, that's three. She's tools. here. <laughs> oh, my. I went, with, I went with three if you guys caught yeah, that. Yeah, there did. she is. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Canadian. You have different math. That's all right. All right. <laughs> So oh. we went directly over to Tracy Lord's booth, and, and she got it, to meet bucks, twenty bucks. What? Uh, it's no, it was I think you're closer on fifty. Oh, for but uh, so uh, uh, there she is. Oh, hi, hey. <laughs> there she I is. Goodbye. Yeah. So okay. my wife got to meet Tracy Lord's. You walk by the taken. booth. Which one is which? Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, Andy, that was sweet. So it was, was it sweet? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I went with Jeff on this one. Oh, <laughs> oh God, you guys. And she also got to meet the uh, the guy that played Cage when he was a kid in Pet Cemetery, one of her favorite horror movies of oh, all time. Yes. Wow. Um, and so we had a wonderful time. And, of course, Clive Barker was there. Did you lose your shit? I, I didn't. Okay. I honestly didn't. And, in fact, I didn't get anything. Really? What? Yeah. You didn't buy a single thing? I didn't buy anything. I mean, what? I know you have his autograph a couple of times, but Here, I thought you wanted a picture with him. Here's Cracker, the thing. What's the matter with you? Back in 2012, uh, Clive Barker uh, fell into a coma because of an infection that he had. He had his te- teeth repaired. He got root canals in it. Right. And the bacteria in there went into his body and basically toxified him. He went yeah. into a coma for a while. It was touch and go, and he's never truly recovered. And he's fight, and he's, he's still fighting. I mean, he's mentally he's all there, but his body is just racked. Oh. And so it, it was it was rough to see him in that shape. I'll bet it, it really was. Well, it was nice. Thing. It was I nice to see Jake's picture there. with him. Yes, but he did. He did. I mean, remember mm-hmm. uh, the '80s? He was he was like a pretty boy of horror. Oh, actually, very much so. Yeah, you know. very much so. Mm-hmm. But he, but yeah, that, that that just just racked him. And one, the paintings that I wanted, they're very expensive. They oh, start cool. at three hundred and fifty for like a, a sketch when it comes down to it, sure. and they go up to about $2,500. Oh, wow. See, you should have done a GoFundMe a week before. <laughs> <laughs> Send Torgo to the horror con. <laughs> yeah, get him a picture. But I, I feel like I've already had my Clive Barker defining moment in my life that nothing I did in that room would top it. So you, you didn't even say hello? You didn't even go up and meet him? Right? Yeah, I, because I, it's kind of... At, like, at all cons, you kind of have to pay for that when it comes down to it. I mean, oh. you can... Oh, okay. All I right. mean, he had a special rooms all to himself. Oh, that art. kind of deal, right, yeah. of course. So, uh, and, if, and if you're not familiar with the interaction I had, uh, when I was in college, our, and I've, you know, I've said this story on Geek Shock in the past, but it's been a while for the newer listeners. Back in college, when I was pursuing my theater degree, our final in theater for the fourth years we had to write a one-man show that was a half hour long and perform it based on somebody that you respect alive or dead and i built my show around clive barker and performed it and got great grades on it and great reviews from those who from the audience that came and when i was done i 
about three months later, I saw that Clive Barker was signing his book, Sacrament, in Chicago. So I made a trip to Chicago to see him, to buy the book, and I handed him a copy of the script and said, thank you, you inspired this, I think you're amazing. Two years later, I get a letter in the mail, which is a letter from Clive Barker, written out saying that he read it, and he was flattered, yeah, and hoped that everything comes. Nowadays, yeah, so the hopes that, the hopes that everything, you know, that I want in in my artistic career uh, comes to fruition. And so I framed it, and I don't think I can really beat that. No. Is there videotape of this one man show? No. No. Now this. Now, this was, what, 1995, 96? There's 8 millimeter. Yeah. Oh. yeah. In fact, it's the movie 8 millimeter. It's, it was a stuff film. <laughs> LL. You know what? <laughs> Clive Barker. <clears throat> so you still have, well, you obviously have the script that's signed, but do you have like... No, no, I don't have a script that's signed. I have the letter that he wrote me back. Oh, do you have a copy of the script still? Uh, somewhere. Somewhere it exists. Somewhere. So, so what's the Patreon level to get you to perform that? <laughs> yeah, I have to find it. Which, yeah, good luck. Are you going to strip we, down to your underwear again? We have some that? really. I already have interesting oh, okay. Patreon levels. If it's like, get us to a thousand dollars a month, and Todd'll send his script to Clive Barker to get signed. <laughs> I'll do my one man show for you. <laughs> well, that's, there you. That's go. just below Andy spilling stuff on your naked body. Yeah, and yeah, part of it was that I was. That's a good one. The the arrangement <laughs> is that I was Clive Barker uh, before he became big. He was a playwright, and he had a theater company called the Dog Company, and he would write all the plays for that company. And his most famous work for that is History of the Devil. And so I, the, it was written as if I was Clive Barker during that time. And it's about his philosophy of horror. But during that time, I'm making myself up as the devil for that show. And then I perform uh, a, a part of the scene of that at the end. And that's the Lucifer's Fall. So basically, I'm stripped down to uh, a diaper, a, like a cloth diaper, and then nothing else with blood off the back of my uh, back for where the uh, wings have been torn off. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of the most exposed I've ever been on stage until that point. <laughs> so it was it I'm was <coughs> a, a risk for me, and I really, really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, I, don't ask about the time he had to wear a dress on stage. Oh, please. I, I've worn so many dresses on stage at this <laughs> yeah, point. I, I was going to say, I'm disappointed, actually, you wearing the diaper. You, Todd. There are kids in the audience. They didn't need to see. Were there kids in the audience? They didn't need to see that dinky dong. Kids went to the Clyde Barker one man show. It was a collection of like there was, it was multiple days yeah. and there were four shows each day. Right, I know. We we uh, actually 90s, we man. had the same what thing up? at Northwestern. There mm -hmm. was a, there was a a uh, analysis of blah 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 that that ended with uh, your one man show. You spent the whole quarter analyzing somebody's stuff and then you. Sure, two thousand dollar Patreon level. I'll come perform the one man show for you without diapers. There you go. There you go. Wow. There you go. Oof. Wow. Nice. <laughs> we'll be rich. We'll no, be I'm rich. I, I'm pocketing all that. You don't oh, get it. Oh, that. what kind of Patreon is that? <laughs> I'm just selling my soul here, folks. <laughs> it's the Todd Patreon. Yeah, the Todd. I, Todd. Did you hear those paintings were, wait, 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 were up to twenty five hundred dollars <laughs> each? This is supposed to be Geek Shock Patreon. What is this Todd Patreon? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, don't look at that. What the hell did I subscribe to? <laughs> All right, so gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Uh, Jamie and uh, Celestia and I did Disney trivia. Most of the week. Disney actually. trivia with Jamie and Celestia. What did you do? We lost. 
How did you lose? We didn't have John. Oh. Uh, we actually, the, I think John would have trouble with these two. The, these questions were more uh, focused on a weird chunk of the movies. There were like two or three questions about Treasure Planet. Oh, uh, oh wow. Yeah, that movie? Um, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, there, were, you know, there were a couple ones that we just fought. I, there was one... There was one. There was one. Is all. It was a whole category. that was song lyrics, and they were convinced that it was a song from Cinderella. It's like I wake up in the morning, seven o'clock, sweet before, and I'm like, nope. No, that's Friday by Rebecca right. Black. Right. No, <laughs> it's actually. <laughs> as, as I said, no, no, no. That's I don't remember the name of the song. But that's from uh, uh, Rapunzel, and I wrote down Rapunzel, and of course there is no Disney movie called Rapunzel. It's called Tangled. Tangled, you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, and we just talked about that weeks ago. Yeah. It was Tangled though. Mm-hmm. It was? Oh, okay. It was the right song. <laughs> yeah. Matt wanted right you song. to be double wrong. Right song, wrong answer. <laughs> we'll make sure, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it, we, we, we we were in the mid middle of it. It was... It was uh, wow. You know, yeah. But it was fun. It was absolutely oh. lots of fun. And where was this at? Oh, Meepleville again. Meepleville. Yeah. Okay. Meepleville and their trivia nights. One of these days, we'll get Jamie and uh, John together on DNC Trivia. Clean we'll sweep. rule the world. Clean sweep. Yeah. What else should we do, guys? I saw Goonies... Why? In the uh, theater. Yay! For the, the first time in my life. Really? Big screen yes. Goonies. My first exposure to Goonies originally was on VHS at a friend's house. It was yet another one of the movies that my parents thought might be a little too intense for me at 11 years old to see in the theater. It's built for 11-year-olds. That's what I said, too. But, you That's know, what she said. My, my mother was... Gross! <laughs> gross with you! Get off the show! I just want show. it officially on the record that I did not say that joke. My, my dad kind of left You're all the movie-going decisions to my mom, and my mom was very diligent about if it was a movie I wanted to see, reading the papers and and so forth to, to find out if it was a movie. Like, same thing happened to me with uh, Empire Strikes Back. I was not allowed to see that in the theater. Because of the Imperial Guards? Uh, just because of the, the content. She thought it would be a little too intense for, for me. But anyway, they had the flashback cinema series going on at the Galaxy Theaters here in Las Vegas. And uh, actually, at all the Galaxy Theaters across the... United States. Uh, Goonies was this week. Next week is Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm probably going to go see that mm. as well. But uh, got to see it on the big screen. I'll tell you, it's it's been probably about a year since I've watched it last, maybe two. There's a lot of little scenes that I had completely forgotten about. Like, I, I remembered all the, the major scenes, but like the entire beginning mm-hmm. with the escape from prison, I somehow completely had forgotten about that until you saw him hanging on the. Uh, the oh, kids no, were in news. prison? Yeah, well. No, the Fratellis. Oh. Uh, one of the Fratelli brothers well, was in it's prison. It's a good thing your mom didn't show you because Chunk does say shit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She would have been right out at that point. Here yeah, I am. There was quite a bit of swearing Here in Here I that am movie. at, I think, 14, 15, or 16. I don't know what. And my dad taking me to see Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that I, beach I, scene. I that beach scene. I know I went to see Chinatown as like oh, a ten year old. You saw Chinatown as a ten year old awake. Forget it, Jake. Oh, yeah, it's Chinatown. That's uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Chinatown is fantastic, but I can't see it appealing to ten year old me. No, no. I, I, I actually wanted to sit in the front row. I was like, I was like, I'm a grown up, but I can sit in the front row. So I sat up in the front row with my buddy. And uh, when the orange got shot, I jumped like eight feet. <laughs> Chinatown is one that I saw in and film he school. Never in recovered. My 20s. He spilled things ever since. No. What the hell were you watching? We're watching some movie, and all the previews are horror movies making me jump. Oh, it was the the, the bad Superman one? <laughs> yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Quest for Peace. No. Bright side or bright side. Yeah. Bright oh, bright side. Bright oh, bright burn. Bright burn. Bright burn. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you'll be glad to know, Kirsten, uh, Jaws is one of the upcoming flashback cinema. I saw that. I saw uh, that. Have you ever movies. seen Jaws before? No, he hasn't. <laughs> Well, at least he's never seen it on the big screen. A couple yeah. years ago, uh, saw it on the big screen for the first time since it came out. Yeah. And boy, you forget. You forget how just outstanding it really is. It's just on the screen. Well, just, it's just amazing. It's, just, it's literally one of the first examples of how much of a genius Steven Spielberg is behind mm-hmm. the camera and just pointing out to his cinematographer, this is how I want the yeah. scene to look. Because you see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff from Jaws. In fact, uh, you know he and Richard Donner co-produced, age well, though. co-produced and Donner directed <laughs> Goonies. So they're um, the intro to Andy. the movie. Don't fucking touch anything. <laughs> Get away from that. The intro to the movie uh, to Goonies this weekend. They had some clips, uh, some little stills uh. of Richard Donner and and Steven Spielberg interacting with the kids and. Uh, you know, helping them along and so forth, and and Donner. It, it, some of the it pictures were interesting because you see Donner doing his little you know hands framing thing that a lot of directors like to do, and then Spielberg, you know, off to the side doing like trying to imitate and 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 see how he thinks it should be shot, and it's really fascinating. Um, Trust Donner's those types of auteurs. Oh, and he did. It, it's. It's not like Poltergeist where Spielberg actually <laughs> shot a lot of the movie. Speaking of shot, that almost made me shoot the <laughs> whiskey wow. out my nose. Wow. Ooh, that would have cleared the sinuses. Yeah. Oh, kind of did a little. Woo. <laughs> yeah, there but, yeah. Uh, good morning, yeah. Good morning, Starshine. Man. So it's a fun movie. It's it is interesting though, looking at it at forty five year old through forty five year old eyes and going, you could see where some of the scenes that they cut out would have gone like you know the, where the giant octopus scenes oh, were yes. cut out the and, horrendous giant octopus and scene. like just certain things like well wait how did they get from here to here you know the, the transition scenes that were shot which is on the blu-ray there's a lot of deleted scenes on the blu-ray but uh it's uh it's quite fascinating and it was fun to see it on this big screen i still don't care for that movie sorry i'm not gonna make you yeah i i i I don't understand why but i will accept the fact that you're wrong and uh it's not so much as i said before it's not so much a movie as a blueprint for a ride they never made i'd ride i'd ride the ride yeah i'd ride the ride absolutely yeah totally well yeah i mean all them size fives the whole last 30 minutes of the film is ride you know water slides and yeah and pirate ships i mean come on (laughs) What else to do this week, guys? Nobody uh, went and saw X Men. Not yet. No. Not yet. I, I had planned on it, but I saw Goonies <laughs> no. instead. Why, why am I going to see a, see a a dead show? It's over. Yeah. Fox's X Men is over. That's true. But this it's is, Phoenix, the, so it'll rise again. You don't think they'll do any <laughs> right, carryover? Meet the, the new boss, not the same as the old boss. Do I think they have carryover? No. Okay. I really don't. Karaoke? Karaoke, yes. I do think they'll have that. It's Phoenix. Phoenix, will you rise (laughs) from the ashes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently it's had the worst (laughs) opening of any X-Men film so far. Poor Sophie Turner. 35 million. And apparently, like, one of I I read one spoiler-free review this weekend, and they said that it's really hard to figure out why the movie didn't work because the actors are excellent. The performances were great, but it's just okay. like the story was just not compelling. 
and uh, you know they couldn't figure out what that's what this no no I'm Kit's under the table, and so Andy is petting him with his foot, and it's like as Andy's foot goes down Kit's flank, Kit comes behind the foot, licking himself furiously, and then the foot comes back, and he did it like like three times. It's just like... He's like, look at this dirty hobbit. Oh, my God. It was so funny. It's like, Kit, if you're not happy, move. But he just... He did. He's, he stayed there and just... It was funny. Yeah, um, I, I read a few people who said that they enjoyed it, and then the standard, you know, blah, blah, wah, wah. So, I don't so know. they could have gone with the actual story, though, well, for, the, the, but, for the Phoenix, which is the Umkron Crystal. Yeah, they went They went with the, you know, their which own... Which would be kind of weird to shoot, take think on about it. it. Well, what somebody found- actually made the great observation. What you need to do is you need to do the lead-up. So, you do the whole story that... The movie ends with her dying and becoming Phoenix. And then the sequel is the whole thing with uh, the Shi'ar Empire. You're right. That's exactly what has to happen. Actually, they said uh, when she consumes the sun, the Dabari sun, and kills him, that's that like, you know, and like Scott goes, oh, God, she's coming home. That needs to be your end. Yeah. And and then the sequel is the whole thing with the Shi'ar Empire and all that stuff. But... uh, well, the, fin- the final line of the review was basically it said that it felt like it was building towards something, and suddenly the movie ended. Yeah. Oh, and it was wow. just like, oh, it's over. Well, that's that's all the, the, the reshoots and yeah, the that, hoo-ha. That's the kind of the story of the whole X-Men franchise now. Yeah. Right. That poor, that poor movie, I mean, my God, yeah. it just had a metric shit ton of pre-production bad press. Yeah. Or baggage. pre-release. Well, baggage, yeah. yeah. It's well, just terrible. Be- between that and New Mutants. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really want to be good, but I guess it probably, yeah. Has, 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 what has else it. came out this weekend? Um, shoot, yeah, yeah. what did come out this weekend? We um now now. I'm just trying um, to think like competition for that movie. We gonna we gonna have a a, a spoiler talk about Godzilla. I still, I still have to see it. it. Oh, <laughs> I want to see it, motherfuckers, <laughs> sons of bitches. Uh, did you see it, Andy? No, I didn't. Okay. Andy, you. Could, Andy, I took my wife to I don't mind see if you do Pacific Rim too, and she fell asleep. So that's she's like, I don't really want to go see Godzilla. I'm like, it's not the same fucking thing. She's like, yeah. it's kaiju though. I'm like, <sighs> it's the kaiju. Yeah, and well, it is. At so, the end of the show, we can all clear out. Then uh, cake. And I will the- talk all by myself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the uh, Burlesque Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, of course. I you went did. to the uh, to the uh, for their uh, with weekender. the clampers. For you the, put up a sign for they, the weekender. They have they have the the big convention for burlesque <laughs> plays this weekend here. So we had the horror convention and the burlesque burlesque at the convention. same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not the same place though. No, uh, it was at the Orleans. Um, and I I just I just a friend of mine is is involved. In, uh, my friend Scratch is uh, runs a burlesque troupe out of Boston. Scratch. Yeah. Matt, that's tell me about Scratch. Well, that's I, awesome. I've known Scratch for thirty years. He used to be one of my customers when I was a comic book uh, shop uh, worker, and uh, he tried to hire me for doing a comic that fell through. I was the first person who tried to hire me to do a comic with Scratch by a different name. Then he goes, you know, he was, you know, it's, it's obviously it's comic by Scratch. Um, no, actually, it was uh, a book called The Rover Boys that we were oh. reviving. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I just like I said, I've known him for thirty years. He's been through several different interesting jobs in the last 
maybe 10 years or so. He's, I would he's say. alternately owned a theater. He's owned a theater and run a burlesque group. So he had uh, he volunteers at this thing, and he let me use his tickets to go see the uh, the Legends show on Friday, which was all of the burlesque people from years gone by. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. So I was, yes, as I told Kay, I'm watching oh, Grandmother stripping, but it was really, it was really pretty amazing. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, the, the big names, the, that are, the big names that are still alive. Right. And I saw uh, the most touching performance I have seen in Vegas. I thought you couldn't touch the performer. Yeah, you're not allowed. Oh! No, no. They hung so, so they, much, he's touching them. He's the front row. So they essentially gave a... Um, <laughs> Sandy, he spilled and accidentally <laughs> I'm going to push you like Jeff. Um... <laughs> It's really the only way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. They essentially gave uh, Camille 2000 uh, a lifetime achievement award, uh, more or less. I can't remember what the actual name of the award was, but um, she, uh, in the 70s, early 80s, she reinvented burlesque and sort of crossed it over with uh, performance art. So she actually took burlesque in a more artsy direction with more costumes and more themes and more an actual performance Um and she came up on stage. I like basically carried her on stage. She's like standing, but they're supported by pike, two people uh, on their she's side. She's in a Pikemobile? Oh, not quite. Oh, God. Man. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now, now I can see why you curse at him. Ah. <laughs> so uh, she comes out and she... Uh, he's going to feel really shitty when I finish the story. Um, no, he's not. That's the sad part. Yeah. So you she, know, you're right. Matt, the Canadian without a heart. <laughs> So the, she comes out and she says, you know, thank everybody for keeping me alive. You know, the doctor said I was supposed to be dead in December, you know, and I've, I've made it past December because I want to see you guys. I want to, you know, when you guys keep me alive with this show. I've got stage four cancer in my spine and my God lungs, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Right now, yeah. God, God is laughing. <laughs> so that was amazing. And then the last performance of the night was Camille 2000. I'm like, she can't stand. How are they going to do this? She's sitting in the middle. Of the, she's like in the middle of the stage in the back. Uh, she's got a white robe on. She's got a, with a hood. She's got her hands in sort of a praying position, lean back, sitting very still. And they start playing this amazing rendition of Amazing Grace. And they go through the whole first verse of Amazing Grace without her moving at all. Is somebody uh, singing or you're just talking? No, this is a, it's, it's, a, it's a recording. All right. Um, and, and as that's going on, there's two other uh, legend performers, younger ones, moving forward from the back and they come beside her and they take her by the arms and essentially lift her up and stand her and uh, sort of carry her almost Christ-like to the front of the stage and present her to the audience and took her one side of the stage and back to the other side of the stage while this rendition is going on. And uh, when she'd given her first, uh, when she'd come out to accept her first award, she was flipping off cancer. So in the middle of the performance, she starts flipping off cancer. Um, and then as the thing ends, she flips open her hands and she's got glitter stigmata. <laughs> and it was wow. just like, there's Man. an episode title. And that is her last performance. I mean, she turned burlesque into an art form or yeah, a different kind of art form and that was her most amazing and last performance there's no way she's gonna do another show after this i mean she's sure. literally dying and and I, not many people are hiring you know 75 80 year old and you burlesque it's, a performers. it's a niche crowd yeah yeah really you you i mean when you told me the story yeah. spinal cord was just one yeah of the places yeah, she was got, like she, she's four riddled. Or five places she's yeah. riddled it's just it mm. It's heartrending to hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm thankful that at least she's in her 70s. 
Yeah. So she's had a life behind her, and especially a legacy like this. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's just that is is kind of hard to hear. Yeah. But yeah, she's defiant to the end. It was it was both you know sacred, profane, and most punk rock thing I've seen in a long time. Mm. Yeah. God bless her. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> How am I supposed like to follow now? that? <laughs> no, you, you know what? You know what? No, I don't. Because you wished Caillou cancer. And he's a that, little kid. That, that's Caillou. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a little kid. He's a little cartoon. He's evil. You, you know what? Even though we're still doing what we did this week, I'm, I'm just going to interject with a little piece of email sure. that we received from Dave. Uh-oh. Dave? No, I'm in trouble. I just wanted to make sure it was well known that Andy was right. Caillou is the devil. <laughs> The show is about him being a selfish prick that gets forgiven for being a shithead at every turn. Me and my ex used to joke about how he got away with all his bullshit because he's a juvenile cancer patient, so that tracks too. (laughs) Also, I had to stop listening at work during the show, but I've been seeing a lot of traffic in the sketchier corners of the dark web with the keywords Commander K and Power Package, so apparently I need to get caught up. (laughs) That's from Dave. Thank you, Dave. Wow. just seemed appropriate there. Oh, man. As I said off off, uh, mic, I mean, I don't wish cancer on any show except for Caillou. In in fact, I've I've, I've like shaved my head several times to raise money for childhood cancer, but not for Caillou. <laughs> at least, at least the and the first time you said it, you I shaved my head to fight. Can they, they, how many times have you like remember when they used to collect donations for cancer at like Smiths or something? And they're like, "Would you like to donate a dollar for prostate cancer?" Is yep. No. Right. Fuck prostate cancer. It doesn't deserve my money. Uh, yeah, I it's don't want to give anything. That That's right. Give prostate cancer to the bird. You know, and with your stigmata always, hands. They always, they always phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, would you like to donate a dollar for blank? It's like, no. So, anyway. Yeah. Just to flip it all around. Oh. One of my favorite series of all time is the Borderlands video game series. Right. Did you right. buy the Handsome Collection? Uh, I did when it came out, of course. And I think I owned it on two consoles. Mm. But, of course, they're ramping up for Borderlands 3 coming out this September. If you are either part of PS Plus or the Xbox online subscription service, Borderlands 2, Handsome Jack... Look at him just own that couch. Borderlands 2, (laughs) Handsome Jack Collection. That makes no sense to anybody who heard it. (laughs) He's going to town on that leather couch over there just... Nails, inch in it. Who? K? Jeff? Nobody knows. Kit. <laughs> I the said bo- Kit. The Borderlands 2 Handsome Jack uh, couch game <laughs> is available for free uh, for the early part of this month. Oh. So if you haven't tried it, here's your chance. If you do get it or if you already have it, uh, just this week and like part of next week, uh, the they have a brand new DLC for Borderlands 2 that bridges the story between Borderlands 2 and 3, and that is free for this week, and then you have to pay $14 for it afterwards, so grab it while you can. Free. For free! Andy and I resumed playing Diablo 3. Yeah, we did. So, we uh, we just killed Cool. Uh, that K-U-U-L? sounds right. K-U-U-L? K-U-L-E? K-U-U-L-E? K-O-O-L? Call? I don't know. He was a prick, and he was obviously a prick, and we got yeah. fogging the whole, the whole time. We like, needed the black gonna... soul stone, and, and, and then he was a douchebag, and yeah. so we had to kill him. Yeah. And Andy and I... And he's menthol. We're... I don't, I don't want to brag, but we're pretty fierce. Yeah. 
I've got a posse. I just got that. <laughs> Took a while to get over here. Cheers. <laughs> I had to translate from Canadian. Uh, no, 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 no. I saw I saw Jeff laughing. I'm like, what the hell is laughing? And then I processed it. I was like, oh, that's just funny. I'm playing a witch doctor, and, and I have a, a posse of, um, I've got three zombie dogs that follow me around. And Always I, fun. And a giant zombie that follows me around. And uh, if I kick ass enough with the acid, these little uh, ambient blobs of acid follow me around. You yeah. don't have little chipmunks following you around? Not yet. But I do have, uh, what the hell are the things? With the Fetish. Oh, yes. There's like little, they're little, they're basically Fetishes. the little guys from, uh, from um, crap, Karen Black movie. Um, oh, Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror. It's yeah. those guys. It's basically those yeah. guys. Yeah. So he's, he's like, I'm all by myself. Bam, boom, bam. And there's Andy just walking around with this little fucking army. With my posse impossible. And, and he's like, posse he's, he, he's racking up so many kills. He's like leveling up. Lot sooner than I do, so I finally had to get some uh, friends, <clears throat> AOE, and uh, so I could uh, actually. Let me guess, you play a barbarian? No, actually, fighter, cru- crusader. Oh, yeah, there is no fighter. So no wonder you're not leveling up properly. Oh, you should play a bard. Yes, fuck Sing your way. bards and Sing your fuck way. you for inserting yourself <laughs> in those conversations of a game you're not even gonna be in. Yes, he will. Motherfucker. I'm just making handy suggestions. Yeah, you know what? I got a handy for you. <laughs> I looked up the rules. They're kind of cool, Bards. Bards got Actually, some shit. The, the fifth edition Bards are actually pretty well written. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I mean, fourth edition finally, finally sh- hit Bards right, and fifth edition is following suit. You should play fifth edition with first edition Bards. Mm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it was really funny because Colbert actually... Uh, for the Red Nose um, uh, charity, it's uh, he uh, he actually did a one-hour uh, solo adventure with Matt Mercer, and hmm. he's never played Fifth Edition. It's like twenty years since he's ever touched the dice, and he was sitting there, and he's like, "So I'm a bard. Is that like because when bards first came out, you had to like be a fighter and then a magic magic user and 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 Mercer's like, no, no, it's its own class. You just you go right into it. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you had to earn bardom. Mm. Oh my god, it was such a stupid fucking. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, where the fuck was I? Bards and Diablo. No, I leveling wasn't. Up, leveling, Diablo. leveling up slowly as a crusader. That's where you're at. Yeah, yeah, and actually, as I, I as I stomp through the terror with my undead army. Yes, he yeah. does. He does. But I'm actually catching up now. Andy's got these acid glob attacks. So like these big. Globs. Then why do you let him play the game? Just, uh, oh, hurt oh, oh, hey yo! I know his uh, controller's all sticky and stuff. Oh, of course <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> of course it is. That's a given. <laughs> but uh, it's just. It, oh we're we're actually we're we're hell on wheels. We actually are just ter- there. There was this huge swarm of a whole bunch of fucking demons and undead coming at us, and Andy and I, we literally just moved right through it. Oh wow! And by the time we were on the other side of the group, they were all gone. So it's it's actually getting kind of fun. So. I, I love of all the people here that in this room that. Adores cats. Jeff is not one of them, and that's who Kit wants that's, to hang around. That's the cat law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a cat law. I don't adore cats either. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely so. allergic to them. Are you really? It'll set off my asthma. Yeah. If we pick up Kit and rub him in his face, he'll be dead. Didn't you own a cat for quite a while, though? Yes. Yeah, that was love. 
So you suffer. I know what you're saying, yes. That's, that's, <laughs> I know what you're saying, That's, that's true dedication. I know what you're <laughs> building up to. That. No, that's, that's, that's being married to Paulette, and Paulette has a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in its defense, it was already 18 when I got there. There so you go. it's been around for 18 years. So Everybody, I, you know. Yeah, look at that cat ass. That's blue. what they do. Like, look at my ass, and then pet it. Pet my ass? Yeah, that cat was propped up with twigs. That was not a healthy cat. No, that has cat. nothing to do with the cat. Pet my ass. But a sweet little thing. It Just really come was. up to you, me, me, and rub on your legs, and you pick them up and hold that little bundle of sticks wrapped in fur mm. in your lap. He was, don't <laughs> put your ass on my... <laughs> oh, well, I'm done drinking tonight. <laughs> Son Those of a bitch. that weren't here in the room, he just put his ass in... Christian Christian shot shot glass. glass. Right after Andy stopped recording video, too. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, Man, uh, I got your, I got your uh, fireball here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he had made contact with the glass, he'd have had a fireball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought he doesn't have balls anymore. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just a little little shriveled up sack now. Mm. So... He didn't go for the. You didn't go for the. Uh, the uh, nudicles. Nudicles. Thank you. Nudicles. No, I come up with that word. Yeah. <laughs> are those? Yes. Yes. But I think they yes. are. Yes, they, yeah, are. they are. The, Somebody the actually implants. has them on market and they sell. F- fake. Fake. Pla- plastic surgery for, for yeah. cats animal and dogs. genitals. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they the, have them, they have them for humans. It just makes sense that they would have them for animals yeah, too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. People are people are vain when it comes That's to right. their pets. It's Nowadays, true. Yeah, and Hitler their would be a two ball dictator. Right. Emphasis on the dick. Oh my but, god! Did you guys watch? Have you guys watched the history uh, roast yet? The history roast. Yes. Jeff Jeff Ross's uh, history roasts. No, tell uh, on Netflix. It. Um, they they are very weird. They're 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 as dark as any of the roasts get, but even more dark because they use historical figures. Uh, they well, they really can't defend themselves. Well, they they had they had the the one that caused controversy was they had Anne Anne Frank being roasted. Listen, Andy, if you and were was, denied getting into art school, you'd have killed millions of people too. Probably. Um, okay. Just the sentence Anne Frank being <laughs> roasted. Yeah, Andy? yeah, she got roasted. Well, <laughs> roasted you haven't by, heard. Roasted by. Um, uh, FDR. Oh, oh! So they're posing as yes. historical figures doing the roasting. Yes, they got yeah. actors playing them. Wow! Bob Hope. Oh God! And Hitler. And Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey Gilbert Godfrey is Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> All's fair in love and comedy. Yeah. And the the weird part, the the person doing Bob Hope, I'm like that's how why why do I have a woman playing Bob Hope? That's really weird. And it turns out it's Bob Hope's daughter is playing. No, really? It was just like, whoa, okay. That's kind of badass. Yeah, it is. Oh, wait. Don Rickles. Don Rickles, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's sim- similar. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No, as far as this was. The per- era, maybe. Being but, World War II. World but, War II. Yeah, yeah era comedians. Yeah. He's more the roaster these the, those right. days anyway. Yeah. The Rickles, both, yeah. both but Hope and Rickles were in the when the original roast. Sure. Yeah. In the old Dean Martin roast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, the glory Back days. Back with Slappy White. And, and, Slappy uh, White. And uh, Charlie Callis. Yes, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. They're all smoking. Like, yeah. holy shit. I, I wasn't there when they happened, Andy, so I yeah. sound like a time life <laughs> recreation. But. Yeah, they were on TV when I Tell was us what it was like, Andy. It was... It was yeah, it was on TV. It was very, it was very popular. They were. Yeah. I when watched, I first moved here to Vegas, they were still doing them here in town. There's right. Like, I, I walked. I drove down the strip, and there was a big sign that said "Sloppy White and Charlie Callis roast." And I'm like, 
I should see that one these times. And it was the last time they ever did them here. Oh, yeah. boo. Yeah. Callus was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I saw him once. I saw him at a, actually Rich Little's opening of a show. I was working doing caricatures. And, uh, and uh, Charlie Callus walked by. And, and my buddy Dave was working upstairs. I was downstairs. And he came down really excited. Guess who I saw? And I'm like, Charlie Callus. He goes, yeah. Oh, how'd yeah. that happen? Yeah. <laughs> the show's called Roasting History? Uh, historical roast or something like that. I'll historical roast, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they did. Uh, I've seen. I've they, watched they like three of them so far. Frank. They roasted Kurt Cobain. Uh, was it Cobain? No, no it was uh, yeah, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Mercury. Cobain was one of the roasters. Oh, so um, who's the first? Was it Washington? Sounds no, it was Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln was the first one they heard. Lincoln yeah. sounds pretty fantastic. And Lincoln is played by. Oh, it's weird. They had Lincoln played by. Um. Um. um Fuck, uh, Full House. Um, Bob Saget. They had Lincoln played no. by Bob Saget, and yeah, John Wilkes Booth was played by um, who played John? Oh, you didn't see it. Um, <laughs> Jesse from from Full House. Oh, um, okay. Stamos. Stamos. John Stamos played. <laughs> I was say, John wow, Stamos really? played John Wilkes Booth. The Beach Boy. No, the one from the guy who used to be uh, married to he number was, one from Discovery. He was in a. Beach Boys video. John oh, Stamos okay. was actually a member of the Beach Boys for was a really? very short time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was weird because because they do actually make a full house joke or two in it too. Proper. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a little bit of Fate Apocrypha again on Netflix. This is the Japanese anime that is it's hysterical because it's a massive appropriation of Western mythology and oh, folklore song, yeah. and history. In Japanese terms, and uh, what the you so the, we should be up in arms. It oh <laughs> god yeah right protesting. It's dude, it's so awesome. They they summon these dead heroes from history to participate in this holy grail war. So you get a lot like Siegfried, the dragon slayer, um, <laughs> Vlad Tepesh. Huh. Right, right. Tepish, not uh, hmm. not Dracula, and they're right. getting they're kind of murky. Is he a vampire? Is he just you know? And and they got all of that. And the this episode, a new one shows up, Shakespeare. And so Shakespeare shows up, and it's really funny, really, because he's this bombastic, you know, uh, the Japanese character. Is he a dandy fop? Yeah, and you know, he's so expressive and explosive in his expression, and it's 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 actually fucking hilarious. It's just fun. Um, at, at this point, I'm just watching it to see who they appropriate and for what. So, um, and it's funny. <laughs> it's, so that's. Why I now want to watch it? So yeah, yeah. I mean it. it it's kind of hilarious, at least in the few first episodes. I watched Zodiac, the movie, which yes, ah, uh, Jake Gil- uh, Gyllenhaal, um, Robert Downey Jr. Is that on Netflix um, now? Mark Ruffalo, yes, okay, it is, and it's a pretty uh, decent movie. It is, and it's interesting too because that's where Downey is beginning to make his. Comeback. Recovery and his comeback, yeah, and which is really funny because he plays a total boozer, drug-taking writer who right. eventually kills himself. I mean, actually dies from emphysema, but he kills himself from his lifestyle. But it's an interesting movie <clears throat> talking about the Zodiac Killer of San Francisco, and it's uh, Fincher. So, and you know, it's not like that was what my dad raved about. Yeah, it's funny because. 
when 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 it's Fincher, I I at least always go to seven. Sure, which is just so heavy and so. But really, you know, social network, the zodiac. Game. The he's he's not that. I mean, he is that far out there, but it's not like that's a gimme in in terms of what he's doing. Sure. So, uh, but the movie was very good. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Ruffalo is great. Uh, Downey, of course. Uh, Gyllenhaal. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. And all three of those actors now in superhero movies. I know yeah, it's right? that is. I mean, the 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 Ruffalo um, Downey thing was great because actually their characters have the run in because uh, Downey is the uh, headline seeking newsman and Ruffalo is the cop trying to solve the crime. And in fact, it's funny because they even point out that the the the, the person. That Ruffalo is playing, uh, Detective Tashi or Toski, is uh, actually the detective that Steve McQueen was influenced for Bullet. Because one guy is even like, wow, he wears his gun like Steve McQueen and Bullet. And is actually McQueen picked that up from him when he was researching Bullet. <laughs> Serpico inspired the, the guy who. The, the real uh, cop Serpico inspired mm-hmm. a couple things too, if I remember right. Like. Serpico? Serpico and then something else. There were a couple of uh, 70s inspired. There were Super Cops, which were two New York cops uh, who were uh, like ignoring all the graft and just busting all the drug dealers who were supposed to be protected and stuff. And that actually got made into a movie too. Um, But anyway, so it's a good, it's a damn good movie. It really is a good movie. So I would definitely recommend it. And that movie was called uh, Super Fuzz, right? <laughs> mm. Zodiac. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and uh, what else did I do? We playing? Oh, oh, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. E three started this week. E three mm-hmm. did start this week. Uh, we'll cover that a little bit in the news if we get to news. Uh, <laughs> but uh, first, I do want to say a few words. This week, we did lose one of our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lost yeah. Kel- Shock Monkey Kelly Conkle. My. Um, our hearts go out to Jeff Conkle, her husband. Yeah, uh, they have been wonderful in the Shock Monkeys lair and also in the Scoop groups, and just wonderful, wonderful people. And so, just want to say we're really sorry, and we really hurt with you. Yeah, it's um, uh, last Scoop Fest. I remember she was in that inflatable cock and balls costume. <laughs> <laughs> And it it was so funny because I'm talking with her. I don't, you know, I corresponded with Kelly maybe over Facebook. Sure. But never face-to-face. And so the conversation, she's, you know, she's talking about um, uh, her stroke, losing um, uh, her position in the law firm and her recovery from that and working against that and everything. And... Um, then you read um, Olympian Brent Emery's uh, little touching tribute to her when he did a big post about her passing. Uh, what a fighter! Yeah, and I can't. I I don't know. I feel I feel um, for her loss. I feel for Jeff, um, but and I also really admire. Uh, her fighting spirit because she 
when she was talking about her fucking problems and her medical issues and everything, it she's just she was actually just uh, I wouldn't call it cheery, but she was upbeat and she's moving on and she's you know mm-hmm. working to something yeah. different and it was it was something that's very admirable. Yes, and I just um, that is what sticks in my mind and also her generosity it's yes. like a, a couple times she and i corresponded about games and she got jeff to send andy and i some of uh, the games that he actually participated in designing and that they had put out and stuff jeff also brought me some game stuff um that he's collected over the years so um it's i you know i mean well all death is sad yeah uh but uh, th- hearing this about Kelly was just very, was kind of affecting. Yeah. It, and we've also hit this this weird zone in Geek Shock. We've been around long enough that we have fans, that people we've known for years who've yeah. sent us stuff. I mean, I, I when... Or just interacted with us over the yeah. years. And... and, and uh, hearing about Kelly, I remember Colonel John. And yeah. We've got the 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 stuff, some of the stuff that he has sent us, and that we have that he made for us. Yeah. Yes, and it's just like there. This has been long enough that these are people that we've touched and who have touched us in return. Yeah, and are now subject to the you know the vagaries and limitations of life. Indeed. So, uh, God bless Kelly, and, and all heart- strength to you, Jeff. Yeah, our hearts go out to you, and this episode is de- dedicated to Kelly. Um, as dubious a distinction as that may be, <laughs> indeed, indeed. to have a Geek Shock episode dedicated to you, but I, I, I have a feeling she'd be, she'd be okay with that. I think so, too. Yeah. What else you do, Andy? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not going to follow that. Um, Can uh, I tell you about Skeeter Peanuts? Sorry? (laughs) So this week is E3. Mm -hmm. And during E3, PlayStation puts a whole bunch of games on sale. Days of play, they call it. Right. Uh, So what went on sale this week but uh, the show 19. that's, That's the baseball game for PlayStation that I love to make horrible chuds in to play baseball. Didn't you oh, just right. get 18 recently? No, I never touched 18. Okay. I skipped 18. What was the one that you recently bought, though? Recently bought? Was a it, year was ago was 17. One? Okay. A year ago. Okay. But this was the first time I played it brand new, so yay, I get to make my new character. So I created Skeeter Peanuts. Now, Skeeter Peanuts, all, all, all my baseball players have to have a full-on backstory. So Skeeter Peanuts this should be great. actually started out as a comic strip back in the 40s that was a World War II comic strip. Is this and real or your backstory? This is my backstory. backstory. Oh, and Skeeter. had <laughs> <laughs> you. Skeeter. You were there. Edge of your seat. Skeeter was a World War II sergeant. That was as old and loved baseball, but he'd be, a, it's kind of like a Beetle Bailey kind of thing going on there. Well, that's right. even worse. <laughs> so, a scientist figured out how to weird science things out, you know, and. You forgot to hook the doll. And brought 
Skeeter Peanuts, the comic strip character, to horrible life. <laughs> you ever see those human-style recreations of what The Simpsons would look like if they were actual people? Yes. Yeah. That's kind of how Skeeter Peanuts looks. <laughs> He's short, squat, super rotund, has a wampin' nose, a huge cone head, a gigantic gray mustache, but a very, very sweet mouth. <laughs> Like uh, uh, I think you deliverance wise. Are we talking like clutch cargo mouth or? So Skeeter appeared from from the weird science experiment, and he was ready to fight the war. And it's like there's no war, and this is what I'm going to do with these Popeye arms. You're going to pitch for Tampa Bay. Oh boy, Tampa and, Bay. And so now he is a closing pitcher. For Tampa, well, actually, he's in the the um, minor leagues. The minor leagues. Oh, okay. So he's part what, of what the Jackson Tampa's? the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I think they're called Jacksonville. Wow. Yeah. Really not, not. You're not doing an Indiana reference like Terre Haute or yeah. uh, King But Prong. because they can't explain where he came from, they just t- say that he was born at sea. Sure. So that's so Can that's it? so when the announcers every now and then will say, uh, Skeeter Penis, you know, Phil, he was born at sea. I was like, you didn't mind. I don't even know that. Yeah. Skeeter Penis? <laughs> peanuts. You said Penis. No, he said Peanuts. You, want, your, you wanted to hear Penis. Where are you going with this? Paging Dr. Freud. Paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> now, I took, some, I took some pictures of Skeeter. I think one of our listeners will agree with me. Took oh, picture. No. I took some pictures of Skeeter. And so I will post those to the Geek Shock Twitter page Excellent. if you want to see what he looks like. Because I, I realized that I could describe him to him blue in the face, but you won't see what that sweet mouth looks like until... Oh <laughs> until it's every time you use that phrase. sweet mouth that throws me. <laughs> Everything else I can picture. The sweet mouth. Like, he has that? sweet eyes and a sweet mouth. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Uh, we got to get some news in, gentlemen. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, you got something? Yes, I started Sam Sykes' City Stained Red. Ooh. So Sykes is uh, a close friend of Mike Cole, a uh, geek shock vis-a-vis uh, Kirsten and Todd, uh, author favorite. And um, so City Stained Red is the first book of his I am reading. It's not the first book he's done. No. Um it is entertaining. It's actually it's funny because it's 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 actually a little it's kind of anime. It kind it's of, very anime. Yeah. I, when you I didn't realize until you said it. My yeah. God, yes, it you've is. read City Stained. Right? I've read like the first quarter. Yeah. Okay. So that's about where I am too. And yeah, it is. It's I'm because I I've also uh, watched some really interesting videos on. Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you Jeff has grabbed Andy's phone to no. make sure it never makes that sound ever again. <laughs> actually, you, you, Andy actually hands it to Jeff. Like, would you please pick my phone? Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, uh, I've been watching some, uh, actually, uh, Movie Bob did a dissection of Matrix. And, uh, really that good, his really yes, that good series. Yes, it just came out. It's really cool. It's very cool. Very, very insightful stuff, actually. Um, and then somebody else, I, I don't re- recollect his name, also did a thing about Matrix. And, of course, when you talk about Matrix, you have to talk about anime at some point, particularly Ghost in the Shell. 
So that was on my mind as I start reading this, and I'm just like, holy crap, this is this is this is Western anime right there. I don't know if that's what Sykes was shooting for. I think it is because he's a huge fan of Japanese role playing games. Yeah. Okay. And anime in general. Well, Japanese role playing games do or anime inspired. Uh, okay, anime inspired. That's because the JRPG. I had Angelica explain those to me, and uh, wow, that's uh, uh, Japanese people are interesting. Yes, they are. <laughs> Man. Yes, they are. Yeah. So anyway, City Stained Red. I, I look forward it's, to seeing what you think about it as you go along. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. It's it's really freaky. It's not Western fantasy oriented. It's got tons of non-human races and characters running around. Uh, as well as, I mean, just, you know, iconic assassin with the hood pulled yeah. up, shadowing his face while he smokes a cigarette. It's just like, God, it's, man, if, you know, some Japanese guy has got to read this and make the fucking anime because that's what it is. Sure. And, but, and um, I, I read his very first book, uh, the not the Bring Down Hell, Hell, Heaven trilogy, but the one before it. Uh, and it's the same character. So, yes, it's... Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's very much anime. Well, this one, I'm like, am I reading the first book of the trilogy? Because... Right. It just throws you right in. Yeah. It, uh, the, That's why I, would, I started City Stained Red, and then I was like, oh, wait, th there's these characters are written about prior. So yeah. So that's why I went back and read that first book of the first trilogy. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out he wants you to start with City Stained Red, period. Mm -hmm. That He's like, yeah. go back and read those City later. City Stained Red, period. Well, his... His Gross. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, Jeff. But um, the uh, it's funny because his prose is his pro. It's it's not it's not as tight or polished as I would expect. But it's it's definitely entertaining. It's entertaining and it's fun. So yes. So city stained red. That's. Yes, I did that this week. I like what you did this week. I started Brent Week's Black Prism, which is the Geek Shock book of the month for the club. It is time for, because we skipped it all last week, so we got to do some catch-up on news you don't give a shit about. Awesome. Whole show of news you don't give a shit about right now. <laughs> that would make Damn you so near. weirdly happy. Yes, it would. Yeah, I <laughs> Okay. We'll see how happy he is by the end of this. Just Cause, the video game series will Just Cause what? Just Cause. Just Cause what? The video game series. Just because of the video game series. Okay. We'll get its own feature film. Which one? Just Cause. Wait, is this Why? one because it's going third base. Because as a writer, Derek <laughs> Colstead, who wrote all the three John Wick films, will be writing the movie. Oh, uh, just cause, just cause, yeah. Colstead will be working yeah. with Avalanche Studios and Square Enix on the game side, while Constantine Film and Prime Universe Films will be working on the film side. That's a bunch of gibberish. To attempt to create an action franchise that equals John Wick. Good luck. The, yeah. The movie Easter will. Meek. The movie will attempt to adapt Just Cause from the plot of the first game, which focuses on a revolutionary military maneuver by agency operative Rico Rodriguez as he attempts to overthrow an island's dictatorship. Basically, blow some stuff up, take down the bad guy with some light espionage thrown in for good measure. Yeah. Uh, Just Cause 
plans to begin production in 2020. You know, John Wick, doing John Wick without Keanu Reeves, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. He's, I, I've played every Just Cause game that's come out. I played four for the first time last week for about eight hours before I was like, okay, I've had enough. There's just been no compelling story for that game. It's a fantastic explosion physics engine to shoot and blow things up. But story-wise... I'm waiting for you to say something. No, he's right. No? Okay. There's... <laughs> it's a great toy box, but I can't see making a movie out of it. I... It's that's kind of funny. It's it's sort of like just grab a hold of a known franchise and do something. And yet the Joust movie remains undone, and I can write that one. Yeah, no, I think you should. You know? <laughs> Time for some Hollywood pitches, Mister. You need to do that. But uh, drop some storyboards. Well, Andy. Y- you know it's funny too, because like I said, I was watching the Matrix things. It's it's like, I guess because of John Wick currently hitting its crescendo, people are going kind of Keanu. Uh, happy oh my word and, uh, he is he is person of the year 2019 yeah exactly and you know he is a hell of a human being yes. so that that doesn't hurt right right um my favorite um which i've actually started taking cli- uh, uh youtube taking clips clip? and oh taking youtube clips and throwing them on facebook is um at one point, Colbert, you know, talking talking to Reeves, of, you know, and getting kind of etheric and kind of up there. He finally, he ends it with, so, uh, Keanu, what happens after we die? And Reeves is like, oh, I know that the oh, wow. people that love us will miss us. And it's so funny because Colbert has got nothing. Mm-hmm. He's just, yep. he's got nothing to fucking say. <laughs> it's, it's like bang right on the head, and it was beautiful. Yep. So, I, I, you know, when you sit there and say, I'm going to try to make John Wick our own John Wick, it's, I, he really has, he really is a part of that. Yeah. Just like Matrix. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you've got it in the news. Oh, do that I? Keanu's made an appearance at E3. No, but, uh, I don't. No? Know. Okay. Well. <laughs> For a uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. Now, is that a game? Yeah, it was a surprise appearance because people didn't know that he had been involved with the game um, from the beginning. Uh, plays a character mm-hmm. in there and basically plays himself. But um, they the he made a surprise appearance at E3. He and, then, nice. and then apparently he's also in Toy Story 4 coming up. I heard Whoa. that. I did see that, yes. He basically plays uh, a knockoff of the um, uh, the Evil Knievel toy. Oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> had the, little, the little motorcycle thing. I did go to Evil Pie this weekend, man. Did you? I always love that. You know, you sit there and you talk about me not going out and doing shit. But you're always going to Evil Pie and not inviting me. Well, Ooh. I was out and about already with, Ooh, yeah. with Scratch. Yeah. I he, he, scratch he, Evil he Pie. ends up at Evil Pie. He doesn't plan to go there. He just, <laughs> I invited. Like, just like Millennium Fandom. He, he just invited ends, me oh, to the I, grandma's I stripping. <laughs> and I had to go to the Hot Young 20 something because he wouldn't go. For some weird reason, I, I was like, I'll, you go. You're good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just awful. You, I, 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 I missed, that nights with Andy just turn into things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that's actually what is I'm that afraid a BG of. Song? I don't want to wake it up the next All morning the next to a 75 year old. Next just thing is like, starting in dudes, where's my car too? You know. <laughs> and she's like, Can can you help me get to the bathroom? I gotta go. Oh god, I see this. Oh yeah, really? Just like wake up next to a tiger. News you don't give a shit about. Yes. Kevin Hart has been tapped to headline a remake of the 1988 comedy Scrooged. Nope. Uh, the original starring Bill nope. Murray. Directed nope. by what? Richard Stop that. Nope. Where, where did nope. my nope. notes go? <laughs> <laughs> they stole you can my stop notes. Stop that crap right now. Wow. Cancel this. No. 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 Give him back the paper. Someone snatched my notes. Come on. Wow. Just skip that one. That wow. was terrible. That's the first time. <laughs> That's terrible. It is. Anybody's grabbed the terrible notes. Terrible goddamn idea. See what happens when he's next to you? It's terrible. <laughs> That's, dude, that's what it's like to play fucking Catan with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he gets to take one of your cards. He just, bam. Don't he, snatch. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Oh, my God. Such really? A Scrooged remake? Oh, that uh, was such a, I'm, a quintessential... Um, you know, whatever the fuck his name was. Bill, Charles Dickens. Bill Murray? Bill Murray, thank Bill Murray. you. Oh, so, that guy. So. The guy who steals your French fries at restaurants. Hart's company, Heartbeat Productions, will produce the film. A search for the screenwriter is currently underway. See, that's why They're not going to get the original screenwriter? The original film centered on a selfish TV executive, Murray, who needed to learn the true meaning of Christmas. Also starring Karen Allen, the film was a moderate success in theaters, but has long since become a cult classic. It's true. <sighs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Kevin Hart is fine. It's just that movie doesn't need to be yeah, remade. No, 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 it's nothing against Kevin um, Hart. It's just... It's just really? yeah, and that, that, that's, that, that Christmas, a Christmas story racist. must have been told... 2,000 times. There must be 2,000 Christmas carols. Yeah. Christmas carols. Yeah. Well, been it's, it's 2, been about 2,000 years, so that would make sense. No, I mean, every sitcom has done their version of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. My mistake. It's, it's been remade I, over and over. I didn't, I wasn't. Uh, no, so different I Christmas. Yeah, I, I knew where you were going. Yeah. Okay. Well, you see, the, the Romeo and Juliet became West Side Story, and now West Side Story is getting remade. Right. So, <gasps> you mentioned that, by the way, um, just to give you guys a chance to laugh at me for name dropping. Okay. Uh, congratulations to Daniel Fish, who won the Tony for Best Director, uh. Revival Musical, Oklahoma. Daniel was in my acting class at Northwestern University. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So he's he left Northwestern. He's from New York, and he went right back to New York and instantly was assistant director involved with the Circle in the Square Theater and doing tons of stuff. He's been directing like crazy mm-hmm. for decades. Yes, he has. And uh, This is not his first Tony, is it? I... I don't know. I don't think it is. And but congratulations know. all the same. Yes, exactly. Go, Daniel. It's been, I mean, we haven't talked since graduation, so I don't know if you remember. I get the me, feeling. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so there you go. My touch with glory. Matt's <laughs> 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 just Yo, pointing, okay, pointing at Kirsten and laughing. No, <laughs> 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 you don't give a shit about Discovery, Inc., Launched its own interactive video game studio, the company announced. Discovery Game Studios will focus on titles for all kinds of platforms, from consoles to PC to mobile, partnering with established developers like Ubisoft and Jam City. The studio will adapt shows from the Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, 
HDTV and TLC, because I can't call the Learning Channel anymore, into games. No, it is definitely it's, not the Learning it's Channel. It's the Tender Loving Care Channel? History, history was channel. in the middle of there? No. no. no, no, history, history was no it was Discovery, no. Animal Planet, HDTV, and TLC. No, I don't care then. You're right. I don't give a shit about this. Quote, as Discovery continues to evolve and lead in the digital media world, we're always looking to find new and exciting ways to interact with our fans and give them more content from their favorite shows. Good Said luck. Matt Bonascaro, the director of marketing and digital productions at Discovery, Inc., quote, whether it's exploring the world's harshest environments or most stunning animal life. Dodge or, the Stingray, the game. <laughs> or investigating true Yikes. crimes. Or perfect DLC, dress Steve options. <laughs> or should I say, crikey. <laughs> <laughs> or perfect dress options. <laughs> Discovery Game Studio is focused on creating innovative and interactive experiences that not only build upon the success of our series, but also surprise and delight our fans. Wasn't the Honey Boo Boo on TLC? What, what not to wear the video game? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Boo do 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 do. Property Brothers or something? Like what else? I don't what know. Property Brothers. There's a bunch like, of crazy local, local quote boys and Property Brothers. Local what? They're they're local, they're Vegas guys. Oh okay. So there'll be a house flipping and it's game. All fake too. House flipping. Of course it's fake. House flip actually, dude, that's totally doable. It's been just, actually it's been sure done and will yeah. be done again. Yeah. Really, a house flipping game? Yes. Yeah. So I was yeah. watching this on Twitch. I'm like, really, this is a thing? Wow. Uh, well, I'm, no. gl I'm glad I didn't sink any money into that idea. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. News you don't give a shit about? Yes. It looks as if HBO may be a big piece of Warner Media's streaming plans, oh. thanks to a new report that suggests pricing for the upcoming service will bundle access to HBO, Cinemax, and a slew of Warner Brothers movies. Ooh, the newest update to Warner Media's plans indicate it may be it may have available a bundle of the two premium TV tiers alongside its entertainment stable. Well, you know what that means? HBO Now is going to be gone. Uh, let's see. It's going to be HBO so then. <laughs> Wait, this actually might be news I give a shit about if they do this right. Um, uh, yeah, good luck with that. Oh, they're going to do it right, are they, Andy? No, oh, no. If they, right. they, uh, <laughs> okay, sure. If they, fold yeah. the, if they fold the DC stuff into this. They're uh -huh. not going to do that. Instead sure. of the DC separate streaming stuff. And if gold monkeys fly out of my butt, <clears throat> we'll have a trifecta. In well, no, the DC streaming service is not doing great. I mean, they've already canceled Swamp Thing. Yeah, I know. That was too expensive. In addition to tapping into shows like Game of Thrones, Westworld, and Kirkman's short-lived Outcast series, the ser service would also be able to offer a curated lineup of movies and shows from Warner Brothers franchises like Batman, Harry Potter, Looney Tunes, and more. While the service doesn't yet have a name or a firm launch date, Variety reports it'll likely cost somewhere in the range of $16 to $17 per month, uh, only slightly more than what Amazon Prime subscribers currently pay for access oh. to either HBO or Cinemax by themselves. According to the report, the idea behind offering so much content for only slightly more than the viewers are used to paying for it as a standalone is, quote, to leverage HBO as the backbone of the new streaming service. Uh, too late. Game of Thrones is over, you stupid Hell fucks. Without God. undercutting the existing HBO pricing or contributing to cord help cutting, unquote. HBO, no. help us. It was Scratch was telling me. Apparently, um, um, John Oliver has, been, has a running gag about saying goodbye to his his his, his uh, listeners or viewers because game of he was the following show for yes. yeah, for game of thrones 
So yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. been running with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny how a lot of people are talking about that, but what's the Chernobyl? Chernobyl. Chernobyl, is which is over, kicking at. <laughs> it's only a miniseries, man. There's five episodes. Uh, it's it's yeah. Jesus. But Westworld's popular. Westworld is good. Watchmen's coming. coming back. Watchmen's, Watchmen's coming. coming. You watch that. Uh, and next weekend, there's a show TikTok, about TikTok. a girl that gets out of rehab and has and looks forward to going back to drugs. Oh, um, rehab yeah. girl. No, that's Worst not it. superhero ever. <laughs> What's ironic is... Written uh, by Warren Ellis. Yeah, AT&T, when they bought Time Warner, basically said you know, to the Justice Department and the FCC that they oh, yeah. would not oh, do yeah, Jeff? all yeah, that yeah. bundling mm. so ah. that they could stay competitive and still sell their... Their product products to sure, but that was when a Democrat was in the office yeah. and, and cared. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I know. That was me, man. I stretched along. Uh, I so it was the cat. Oh. All right. Well, he keeps running. The cat keeps running under my feet. <laughs> no, so. he doesn't. That's Andy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, uh, Somebody's going home late tonight. <laughs> All right, we got some news to get to. So <laughs> let's go to news you don't give a shit about. Ch- Power ah. on, Todd. Power on. Spielberg. Is, what? I said news you don't give a shit about. This is interesting. Spielberg, yeah. I don't give a shit about it. Shouldn't it be senior, Spielberg, senior Spielbergo? <laughs> is the latest in line of filmmakers that already includes Guillermo del Toro, Antoine Fuqua, Fuqua Sam Raimi, Doug Lyman, to agree to create new content for Queeby, the upcoming noble streaming service. Oh, my God. That will the be launched. The what? Uh, mobile streaming platform. Mobile. Oh, mobile. Yeah. I, I, heard, I, heard, I heard noble, too. Oh, you didn't yeah. say noble. That's, I was thinking nitrogen, helium. That's because we're an hour and 20 minutes in the show. Oh, my my lips gave up Oh, after I was done with the show. That's what she said. <laughs> Queeby, an upcoming mobile streaming platform that will Queeby. be launched. Yeah, Queeby. How do you spell Queeby? Q-U-I-B-I. Do you have a different pronunciation for me, sir? No, I'm just No, like, I have what? different spellings. <laughs> That's a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> another streaming service. Go on. Meanwhile, the great. 80s Jeff PR firm's like, fuck you, Andy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the 80s Jeff PR firm was like, you were supposed to spell cube. <laughs> <laughs> It's too late now. You already ran with it. Jeff, that would have been awesome. Q U B E. It was cube with a Q. Cube. C Q. Oh, fuck. We're not who giving put you. The, who put the fucking I in here? We're not. Putting... Who put the fucking I in here? No there refunds. No I in cube. <laughs> there, uh, no, no refunds. Well, it's too late. You already sent it to the company. There you go. So now it's now it's policy. We, we paid for the logo. <laughs> The upcoming streaming platform will be launched next year by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who co-founded DreamWorks with Spielberg in 1994, and Meg Whitman, former CEO of Hewlett-Packard. Katzenberg made the announcement Sunday at the Banff World Media Festival and emphasized that Spielberg is taking the rare step of writing the horror series himself. Really? Uh, Queeby, short for Quick Bites. Huh? Uh, Still a terrible name. Should have been Cube. Is a new mobile streaming service meant to capitalize on the way that we use our phones now to tell serialized story in short bursts or chapters. I did use my phone to watch TV this week. I was, I was. You're part of the problem, Andy. (laughs) So did I, but that's just because I didn't have cable or internet. Well, that's why I was, I was, I was babysitting Mulligan, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out their TV. I was like. Because they'd read through. Well, you hit the power button. No, not that simple. 
<laughs> They're in the midst of baby proofing, so everything's in weird places. Oh my God. So I, I actually, I flipped around. I watched. Uh, Old man yells at media no, center. No. I, I watched uh, <laughs> about twenty minutes of Cannonball, which apparently is yet another movie based on the uh, Cannonball the Run. Cannon, no, no, Cannonball with David Carradine. Oh, terrible! I made it through twenty minutes before I gave up. But I did find that all the uh, Kolchak stuff is on there, so I watched oh. the first episode of Kolchak. Okay, nice. yeah, who Jack loves you, baby? I like it when he switched from cigarettes to lollipops because they were like becoming uh, socially conscious. That was no, cool. co- not Kojak, Kolchak. Kolchak? Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Oh, Night Stalker. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know Andy mumbles, but I did actually understand him this time. I don't think I mumbled that time. I think I was pretty clear. Yeah, no. He was very clear. Kojak. Katzenberg has compared the storytelling style to the way novelist Dan Brown structures his novels into short, fast-paced chapters <laughs> to maximize wow. a reading experience, even if you have little time to read. Man. Oh, man. You're using yeah. Dan Brown as an example. Here. I know. I remember when Stephen King compared himself to Dan Brown, and it... Uh... Did he really? No. Oh, <laughs> well, Thank you, Andy. That was well executed. Thank you. <laughs> A well-oiled machine. While serialized storytelling itself is nothing new, Katzenberg hopes the platform will create a third generation of filmed storytelling by capitalizing on the mobile experience. Who were the first two generations? (laughs) Quote, what Queeby is doing is not really short form. Stop saying Queeby. It's not a word. (laughs) It really does. It really... I don't know. It just—it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. really doesn't. Stop trying to make Queeby a thing. I, it's not going to happen. I love Steven Spielberg with every fiber of my being, but this yeah. really is killing me. This article. He continues. We're putting these sciences together. I'm a Queeby. You're a Queeby. He's a Queeby. Everybody's a little bit Queeby. Oh, yes, you. Who, me? Yes, you. You, too. <laughs> Chapters are act breaks that are seven to Somebody ten minutes long. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Seven to ten minute long shows? No. Oh. I will start this over. <laughs> Chapters. <laughs> Seven to ten minute chapters. <laughs> Quick no. fights. Quick fights. Right, but does that mean there's that, seven to wow. ten minute shows? And there we have Jeff's dramatic reenactment of the naming of the Queeby yes. Network. <laughs> by show, by, by seven chapters, they mean episodes? Are we talking about seven to ten minute episodes? No. They mean a, like a, an hour long show broken up into seven to ten minute chapters? Yes. Right. <laughs> like that. What Queeby, <laughs> quoting Katzenberg again, what Queeby is doing is not really short form. Stop saying Queeby. We're putting those sciences together, chapters or act breaks that are seven to ten minutes long. They are specifically shot to be watched on the go. If you're 25 to 35 years old, you get up and you're on a smartphone for over five hours. Unquote. <laughs> so we're back to break. So why we're doesn't he do five-hour episodes? <laughs> so we're bra- back to breaking up the story every seven ten minutes for a commercial break, you know which what? is You're what right. they did. You are right. That's what it is. Well, to that end, 
Spielberg story, which is moving forward under the working title we're, Spielberg's After Dark. You know what? They, we're repackaging the they, 70s. Okay, they completely missed the mark with the name of this service. And also, don't they realize now people like to binge watch? So we'll sit there for like a day and watch like... Whatever. Well, 80s Jeff PR firm apparently rejected Benji as a, a streaming service name. For the love of Benji. <laughs> no, Bungie came in and said cease and desist. That's there you go. <laughs> Benji, come home. Oh, my God. Although, I think we should do that, actually. Geek Shock, we should just establish a Benji streaming service. <laughs> and we should do seven to ten minute long Episodes, that episodes you, that you could binge in an hour, yeah. if you wanted to. Our our suggestion was binge spelled B Y N G E, and uh, there you go. People had trouble pronouncing the name, so yeah. we had to drop it. But yeah, so they me, went with Cube. Wait, wh- why are we watching a show called Benghazi? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, we'd bring in a lot of conspiracy theorists mm. on with that one. That's a demographic we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine some militia group. Yeah, this new show. Benghazi, oh. let's watch it. It's us fucking idiots. Happy birthday, Trisha. I'm in the Michigan militia. Under the working title, Spielberg's After Dark, it will come with a special added feature. You will only be able to watch episodes of the series when your phone knows it's dark outside. What? Okay, I'm, I'm officially done with this. <laughs> you can skip to the next the next story. But there's more about Queeby. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I know this is news we don't give a shit about, but I am literally really don't give a shit about this. done with this story. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Jack, there's still half a paragraph. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Careful. We, we need you got to Queeby through it. Queeby through it. <laughs> we, we need the equivalent of, of ice cream socials. Renade. There needs to be like a story Renade for this kind of crap. <laughs> Listen, break that story it is. up. Seven to ten minutes. Let's the go. The story Renade is Jeff going, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Quibi. <laughs> that sounds like a shock safe word. Quibi. 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 I said Quibi. Quibi. damn it. Quibi. 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 You remember that shock monkeys? If you ever if you ever find the geek shock host getting too intimate with you, say Queeby. It's just too much for you. Queeby Just shut up and let me <laughs> I'm sorry, Todd. What was that? <laughs> Just let me enjoy this. Queeby. That's not the safe word, Todd. Okay? Queeby. Just let me. Just be quiet. Let me. <laughs> I don't think that was the original line. <laughs> For the sake of accuracy of reporting. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, go get it. Water's in the top, Jeff. So go get it. <laughs> we, we will only be able to watch episodes of the series when your phone knows it's dark outside. Oh my God, That's for telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> this storytelling stipulation is being developed for Queeby at Spielberg's request. 
and will take the form of a countdown clock that will let you know how long you have until sundown, at which time the After Dark chapters will become available to view. When the sun rises, the chapters vanish again until the next sunset. Yeah, because that's what people are looking for is media they can't control. (laughs) Queeby will launch in April 2020. No, it won't. With two price to absolutely no fanfare. Two with two pricing tiers. <laughs> Here we go. First Four, one is ads. Second one is no ads. Four ninety nine a month. And with, that you can only watch in dark darkness. And the other one you can watch anytime. With uh, short ads before each <laughs> chapter, and seven ninety nine a month for an ad free experience with a two week trial period available at launch to people who want to try it out. And for two ninety nine, they'll slam your fingers in a drawer as you watch the show. <laughs> stick a dull stick right in your oh eye. Uh, eight super premium stories will be available to watch upon launch, with 26 more Lighthouse pr- projects will roll out every other Monday for the first year I'm of operation. Sorry I'm asking this. What the hell is a Lighthouse project? I don't know. Andy, what the fuck? Let him finish. <laughs> Queeby! <laughs> Between those serialized projects, unscripted programs, and a short daily news show, Queeby will generate 7,000 pieces of content in its first year. Can we get a Queeby counter? How many times have you said Queeby? <laughs> More than I needed to. <laughs> and now it's Weekend Geek. Yay! Oh, boy. Oh, you oh. earned that one, gentlemen. Oh, God. That you was, earned that, that one. That was painful. Exhausting. That last story was exhausting. Queeby. The term Lighthouse Project refers to a model project that aims, besides its original purpose, to have a signal effect for numerous follow-up projects as they look towards it for inspiration and guidance. Therefore, in addition to to success, a great notoriety is intended. Can you translate that into, like, Andy? The 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 Walking Dead is splintering off into four different shows. Okay. Oh, I thought translating Andy was that is highly private. You're right. I was completely wrong. That's accurate. That's accurate. Um, That's lighthouse signals. That actually is funny because when you said lighthouse projects, I thought that was like a production company name. Oh, yeah, sure. The next generation of consoles is soon upon us, and we now have a taste of Xbox Project Scarlet's specs. Although we didn't see the system itself at E3, it doesn't come out till holiday 2020. Uh, we do have details from Xbox E3 2019 show, promising a four times performance increase over previous generation. Xbox Project Scarlet manages 120 frames per second. Uh, for context, 60 frames per second is the max you'll get on a console right now. Uh, 8K resolution. That's not four times. <laughs> Basically, it's. I know, fun. Jeff. Queeby! They're <laughs> <laughs> referring to the teraflops. Well, that didn't take long for the first time it was used. <laughs> A variable refresh rate and next gen ray tracing for amazing lighting effects. If, if you're not. Well, if you're new to the concept of ray tracing, yes. ray tracing simulates light hitting and bouncing off individual objects in a lifelike manner. This makes for a mo- more fo- photorealistic visual, and it's currently the preserve of very expensive high-end PCs. 
What? What is happening right now? Andy is currently rubbing his ass all over uh, uh, Maple Leaf. Nice. Oh, shit, he moved. <laughs> what the hell were you doing? That wasn't for you, listeners. Apparently, that was just for us. <laughs> I was going to the books. Where were you? It was just you, the, it's, it you was didn't the angle Queeby, of which so you, you must have doing. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, he didn't say Queeby. <laughs> In Project Scarlet's case, its ray tracing is real time and being supported by dedicated hardware with the 20 series graphic cards, which makes it four times more powerful than the Xbox One X. More specifically, Microsoft is touting this as the biggest generational leap yet. Based around the powerful custom Navi 2 chipset from hardware giant AMD. Which set? Navi, Navi 2. So this is like like related to, to Avatar? That's nice. It's not coming out till 2020. Okay. Project Scarlet also packs high bandwidth DDR6 RAM and a new breed of SSD. That's the solid state drives. Side, that's the non-moving parts hard drive. And that's 40 times better than the current generation to make your games run a lot faster. Loading times are going to be a thing of the past. The idea is that you'll be able to move between areas seamlessly and without loading screens. Project Scarlet will also support games from all four generations of Xbox consoles, which means original Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One games, as well as the next-gen games. And again, the console is launching holiday 2020. It's pretty crazy. Ubisoft, and this one, I had a hard time categorizing this one. I didn't know if it was going to be news you don't give a shit about, but then, like, the people involved made it like, okay, maybe they'll make something of it. Is it an Ubisoft streaming service? No. All right, then it has a chance. Okay, Ubisoft announced that Netflix is developing a movie rooted in Tom Clancy's The Division post-outbreak urban setting. The Division is a game that came out, America went through apocalypse, and this is the, the police that are keeping the civilization from completely falling apart. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain will star in the currently untitled feature-length movie, which Variety reports will go back to the devastated New York cityscape of 2016's The Division game instead of the Washington, D.C. ruins of this year's The Division 2. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Deadpool 2 and Hobbs and Shaw director David Leash will helm The Division movie with Ralph K. Judkins uh, from Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. adapting the screenplay. The Netflix version seems close to the original game's story, just before Christmas, a chunk of the population becomes infected with a pandemic virus that rapidly reduces New York City and the rest of the nation into an apocalyptic, chaotically lawless wasteland. It's up to the uninfected to take on the heroic role. Are they infected like zombies or are they just no, dead? No, they're just dead. <clears throat> okay. Take on the heroic role by uniting in a paramilitary effort to institute order without losing out on the darker forces taking advantage of all the mayhem wow. and resisting their own <clears throat> inner demons at the same time. Sieg Hale. Dun-dun-dun. Yikes. Um, no, Sid Haig? I mean, I, I'm yeah. not sure if I'll watch it or not, but it sounds reasonable. Paramilitary. It's not the worst it's, thing I've ever heard. It's going to be on Netflix, and there's some good names behind it. Yeah. No. It's you, not like it's McG's running this thing. You put it in a right category. Oh, I would love that. McG, the division? That'd be awesome. Oh, uh, you're a strange cat. <laughs> Michael Rooker, yes, has joined Amazon's adaptation of Stephen King's *The Dark Tower*. According, as according to the actor's website, 
No word on what his role is. Mm. <clears throat> but we know one, two things. He's not the two main characters. Okay. Because those have been cast. Rooker's previous King-related work was a Sheriff Alan Pangborn in the late uh, George A. Romero's 1993 film of King's novel, The Dark Half. Uh, Rooker joins Sam Strike as Roland DeShane, the last gunfighter in Midworld, and Jasper Pekkonen as Roland's nemesis, the Man in Black, also known as Randall Flagg, in the larger King universe. The 13-episode series won't be connected to the 2017 movie starring Idris Elba. Will or won't? Will not. Good. Matthew McConaughey, as is said to be primarily based on the fourth volume of the series, Wizard and Glass, which is focused on Roland's early years, how he became a gunslinger, met the love of his life, and first encountered the man in black. Did you just randomly say Matthew McConaughey in the middle of that? that (laughs) I was continuing the sentence you interrupted. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You didn't see the Lincoln ad? Yes, he He was there. He was powering through. Yes, I've learned well. I, I thought Mike Matthew McConaughey was going to become your Fnord. <laughs> if I say his name three <laughs> times, he will appear. <laughs> that one have- down, two more, gentlemen, and you won't like it because he doesn't understand what Queeby means. I was going to say <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is an awfully complex safe word. <laughs> Matthew McKibben, McKibben, ever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Would be a terrible safe word. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good place to start. Wizard in Glass is the the story that stops the main story and says, "Hold on a second. I'm going to tell you how Roland became the gunslinger," and does that for about 800 pages. Interesting. After yeah, a, but a, the on the bird. fourth on the fourth book. So but that's where bird. that's where they're going to start this thing. Is yeah, and mean? and that's what the comic book started with, and did a really good job with it. I was just upset about the bird. I like the bird, the bird man, all about the bird. It's the yeah. word I hear. Haven't you heard, man? You asked for that, Todd. How are we going to spell Queeby in our because we can't spell like the damn screaming service? Why not? It's like uh, K W E E B. What do you mean? What are you talking about? We certainly can. And we will. Why do we have to spell it at all? Yeah, because you're going to make it the episode title. Wow. No, That's I, don't awesome. I already said the su- uh, superhero is called Super Zero Superhero Superhero. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh wait, no, it's not that. Yeah, glittering stigmata. Yeah, I think it's glittering, glittering stigmata. <laughs> I think that kind of keeps it. Although, Queeby. <laughs> <laughs> I have choices. I have choices. So apparently, um, one of the versions of pasties that Broesque dancers were wearing for a while was uh, taking a shot glass full of Elmer's glue, dipping in their nipples in it, and then dipping in their nipples into glitter. Oh. Yeah. Makes all the sense. Yeah. That yeah. might be something I start doing. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Glittles. I think you should. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that one. Okay. <laughs> what, Andy? I need some help. <laughs> Apparently during um, um, EDC weekend, there were several glitter butts walking by, and I missed them. Glitter I want to see a glitter butt. They, they, people put glitter on their butts. May I suggest okay. liquid latex instead? Mm. Man, poor Andy. Cause, what? Because you know he's going to end up super gluing a shot glass <laughs> to his left side, and he's just going to be like, ow. That's ow. why I said it's going to be... Okay, I need some help. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to be like, what the fuck did yeah. you just do? I'll drive you to urgent care, but that's all you're getting out of me, man. Mm. 
<clears throat> this next one I found really fascinating. So I pulled it straight from sci-fi and just, this, I'm going to read it straight off of what it had on its website. Uh, no editing involved. Yeah, so okay. this this is straight through. With Get Out and Us, Jordan Peele has made a name for himself as the horror filmmaker who tackles social issues head on. So no surprise that his upcoming reboot of Candyman will be cut from the same cloth. But what is perhaps startling is the film will take on the issue of toxic fandom. Whoa. That's the word from Ian Cooper, creative director from Peel's Monkey Paw production company. Speaking with Deadline, Cooper said that the increasingly hostile environment created by so-called fans, whether abusing and threatening Star Wars cast members or demanding that HBO remake an entire final season of Game of Thrones, has been on his and Peel's minds. Quote, we talk a lot about fans and the idea of appeasing fans, and when you do that, and how you do that, and when you do not do that, Cooper said. I think my issue with fandom is that it's really problematic. It's probably the most problematic thing facing the genre. Cooper continued, It typically comes with a dogma that is abrasive and that is more resistant to change and permutation than you would think. I think what we're trying to do with Candyman is both be mischievous in how we address the relationship to the first film. Mischievous. That's what I said. And also be very satisfying. Unquote. I was quoting him. That's what he said. I'm quoting his quote. No, okay. Hey. I'm trying to be accurate. Yeah. You wanted to to bury him? Great's on my ears, too. Thank Mm. you. You wanted to bury him? Yes. I wanted to bury that before it grew out of control. Yeah, bury that thing. Now, before anybody starts grumbling that they don't want any sort of meaningful themes attached to their Candyman movie, keep in mind the original 1992 film addressed racism, slavery, and modern urban blight. All within the frightening story of a vengeful ghost with hooks for hands haunting an apartment project. Yeah, you know what? Candyman's in it. it it's a good title. I thought that was a sequel to Willy Wonka. <coughs> Candyman is set for June 12, 2020 release with Peel producing, Dia DaCosta directing, Aquaman's uh, Yohanna Abdul-Mateen II starring in the title role. So not the one that fills the world with love and makes the world taste good. Uh, yes, that exact one, and with okay. bees. Fills the world okay. with bees. What did this guy play in Aquaman? I didn't see Aquaman. I wouldn't know. Why did you not see Aquaman? Wait, it, God, it, God, I hate you so much. You what? Squeeby. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the hate coming from that side of the table. Holy. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so... <laughs> I, was, I was interested in Candyman. Now I'm... Excited! You're on board. Yeah, I yeah. want to see what they're going to play with on this, and how they're going to use Candyman to do it. Okay, Batman. Take, take a rainbow, you know. Candyman, the social Sprinkle worker. It too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you got to say him three times though, oh, otherwise yes. he, he doesn't let you in the, in the, yeah. in the office. Batman, Batman, Batman. At risk use. So it uh, takes place at a YMCA. I don't know. So like, <laughs> what a, a a box of candy fell on his head in the middle of the night. And he was like, I need something to scare that. Oh, shit. Candy. Yeah. Yes. They're a cowardly and superstitious <laughs> exactly. lot. Yes. <laughs> Candy <laughs> will frighten them. <laughs> yes. And that's his mentor. It's like, hey, babe. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> Just a little tap dance and some singing. 
Batman will be the very first inductee into the new Comic-Con Museum's inaugural class of honored comic characters. What museum? Where? Who? What? A press release announced The Gathering, a July fundraising event for the new museum. Located near the site of San Diego Comic-Con in the city's Balboa Park, the Comic-Con Museum will be a 68,000-square-foot shrine drawing on decades of rich history for the pages of comics, graphic novels, and more. So what got shut down at Balboa Park then? Aviation Museum? Balboa Park is huge. It's also not really close to the San Diego Comic-Con. No. No, but not on even. but on a worldly scale, yes, yes it is. Yeah. I guarantee you they didn't build another building out there. They shut something down. So what do they shut they down? They built another building out there. There's a lot of land in the Balboa Park. They haven't built anything yet. See, I guarantee you something's getting <laughs> shut down, all right? <laughs> That's how it works, Andy. No one builds new shit. They shut shit down and shove shit in there. Maybe while Todd maybe is com- staring at the answer in print right maybe before in, his eyes. Maybe in communist Canada. Oh, okay. On the occasion of Batman's, this is a quote, on the occasion of Batman's 80th anniversary, a ceremony honoring DC's most popular superhero will be the centerpiece of the July 17th event, which is time to help kick off this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Quote, We're excited to announce we have created a new way in which to honor iconic characters from comics and popular culture with the Comic-Con Museum Character Hall of Fame, the museum's Adam Smith said. And we are equally excited to reveal Batman as our first inductee. Adam Smith? Adam Smith. Huh. 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of DC's Batman, who has become a truly global icon of popular culture. First announced last year, the museum is still in the funding stages for its planned opening date, which hasn't been revealed. Comic-Con says... So they're going to have an event at a museum that doesn't exist yet. It's a fundraising event. Well, they'll hold it in the building that they're going to close down. Exactly. Yeah, the train museum. Oh, what did I... Oh, wait, what did I say? (laughs) Comic-Con says that the museum will be a... uh, definite fan destination that's a strange thing to say quote an experiential pop culture wonderland featuring rotating immersive exhibits theaters of varying sizes and extensive educational programming that caters to the passions of fans of all ages unquote you know I I love the idea and something about the story makes me think it's going to be done badly by idiots it'll be the next fire There'll be yeah, some no, they, I'm, I'm definitely getting <laughs> you know, fire festival vibes from this. I don't know why. The 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 whole cartoon experience will be Andy drawing caricatures. <laughs> I you know, think you're draws probably, everybody as Batman. The inside's just a whole bunch of those standees you poke your head through to take yeah. pictures of. <laughs> yeah. You're probably. Oh my god, have you have you gone over to the friggin' um? <laughs> what the hell is that place? It's, what are you trying uh, to say, Jeff? Go ahead. I'm not listening. Nah, over <laughs> the, it's past. No. Jeff is self-queebing. No, uh, Boulevard Mall has this weird place. It's um, it's <laughs> what just happened? Did you, like, did you just <laughs> did you just throw up in your mouth a little bit? No, no. but I definitely had a burp that surprised me. Um, <laughs> I, I stifled it. Jeff's like, <laughs> I gave up on what I was saying for this. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but the Boulevard Mall has. Has a um, an attraction. It's basically a bunch of paintings you stand in front of. It's called Heads Up, and That's it has it. forced perspective paintings. It's called the Comic Con Museum, <laughs> as well as an escape room. Yes, and other. Thank you, Jeff, for saving me. Yeah, 
<laughs> what was your story? <laughs> <laughs> the time has passed, Andy. I got time for one more. Time for one more, maybe. <laughs> Nicholas Cage will star in writer-director Dmitry Logol's sci-fi <laughs> martial arts action film Jiu-Jitsu. Based on how, how are they spelling that? And Jim, McGrath's, <laughs> and Jim McGrath's comic book, Jiu-Jitsu centers on an ancient order of Jiu-Jitsu fighters having a f- having to face an alien invader I to defend kick it for Earth. your retail <laughs> wholesale wholesale. <laughs> No, retail. It's the cake. God, oh my God. Andy, you're such a lousy anti-Semite. I'm a pro-Semite. <laughs> when master jiu-jitsu fighter Jake Barnes refuses to fight the invaders' leader, Brax, the future of humanity hangs in the balance. Jake loses his memory and is captured by a military squad unequipped to fight the merciless intruders who have descended upon the planet. After an alien attack on the military squad, Jake is rescued by Wiley. That's Luke Cage's character. And a team of fellow... Luke Ju- Cage. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. <laughs> All right. Christmas. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Be- Suddenly I'm interested. Cage. Nick Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kill me. And a team of fellow jiu-jitsu fighters who must help him recover his memory and regain his strength to defeat Brax in an epic battle. It's like Gillian. Just keep hitting him in the head until he gets his memory back. Yes. Coconuts. Oh, man. Jiu-jitsu. There but for the gracie of God go I. Very nice. Very, very nice. Say goodnight, Gracie. Thank you. I did like that. Okay, good. Now let's do this one too. Marvel Entertainment All right. closed a deal with audiobook experts Dreamscape Media to publish a couple dozen of their classic comic books in audiobook form. Interesting. Some of the titles Not include really. The Ultimate Spider-Man, The Ultimate X-Men, X-Men Codename Wolverine, and Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, highlighting such authors as Len Wein, uh, Tony Isabella, Marv Wolfman, and Peter David. The comics will also be distributed via uh, Dreamscape Hoopla digital media service, which partners with local libraries. So anyone with the Hoopla app whose library has signed up for the service will be able to listen to these comic book adaptations for free. So comics are a visual media. Are they going to have people describing the action or is this going to be? It's going to be a radio play kind of thing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It's not I, the first time something like that's been I done. I remember oh, the yeah. records. DC did a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> when yeah. they did the uh, records, you can put on the little... I'm on board. 45s, and then you read the comic right. to the record. And yeah. It's like that, that, but you won't have to read the comic to the record. Or the uh, Spider-Man rock I album. I like radio plays. I think more radio plays are cool. There you go. I'm into it. Let's do it. And just to bring it all the way back around to the beginning of the show... Where's the beginning of this show? Blockers director Kay Cannon has been hired by Lionsgate to direct a new movie called 79ers, described as Goonies for Adults. <laughs> KK, uh, yeah, I'll get The script follows a group of friends who have been estranged for 20 years but are drawn back together to finish a treasure hunt that they started when they were teenagers. There you go, Andy. The similarities nope. to the cult classic The Goonies is said to be intentional. 
The script by Ben Schwartz is currently being revised by Dylan Meyer. Producers behind the project include Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who's behind Preacher. There you go. As well as Will Ferrell's company, Gary Sanchez Productions. I'm all set to go snark on it, but it actually kind of looks like it could be good. Andy? Yeah? This is a project made for you. Kind of The is. famous Paul used to know Kay Cannon. Works, used to work with her oh. at uh, the... Uh, Second City here in Vegas. Irene yes. is on her staff, isn't she? Yes. Isn't Irene uh, like a yes? Like she's uh, like her a writer, executive assistant or, slash writer or yeah, something some like that. Something like, like perfect. She works directly with yeah. <clears throat> with Irene, who was married to Griffin, who's part of the super yum yum uh, bunch that uh, Paul, Dave Paul uh, came up with. That Paul mm-hmm. came up with, and Doug X was. Uh, your on-location correspondent for one ugly couch show. The one for the Gem and the Holograms convention. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that... That uh, is a classic. That is our... Uh, classic. S- seven or eight degrees of separation from yeah. K-Canyon. But. What's separating you? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Queeby K. Queeby Fact Check Dandy. Can you even come up with your own fucking thing? Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> I came up with Queeby. He said Queeby I came too. up with Queeby. <laughs> he goes Queeby K and then you get Queeby F that doesn't work. Yeah. Queeby that. Queeby check. That could have been cool. Queeby check. Yes. Queeby check. That's good. Of course, I, that, I must set the check your Queeby. I know. It sounds sounds like he's Czechoslovakian. You know? oh, Queeby yeah, yeah. Andy Queeby check. <laughs> Attorney at law. It's like a seventies. Uh, I'd like to see you over the Tower of the Duck parody, the sequel to Harvey Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey Queeby. No, it's not no. getting better. No, yeah, you're not helping it, Andy. You're not helping it. And crawling on the planet's face, some insects called the human race. Lost in time And lost in space